Hi, I'm Janet and welcome to the Success All podcast. This is the third of three episodes where I'm looking at some different ways that we can improve our mental health. The topic is art and I'm so happy to be joined by a very special guest this episode, one of my favourite people on the planet, Kadima, founder and CEO of Go Forward Youth and Go Forward Plus. It's such an interesting discussion and really insightful. We don't only cover art, but also femininity and the wonders versus the pressure of women and motherhood. Some highlights for me in this episode are listening to Kadima discuss how art saved her life. Uh, She goes into her artistic style and her inspiration, how she uses art to express and release emotions and find her voice as a woman, and also some really great work she's doing with local female-focused community groups to encourage their expression of femininity and also raise money for charity. Let's jump in. Enjoy. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? Hey, Lady Janet. (laughs) I'm good, thank you. Yeah, all's good. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. So um, anyone can be listening to this at any point in time in history. So we're, what, January, mid-January 2022. We're still enjoying this pandemic thing that's going on. (laughs) Quite. Yeah, the 20th of January. Enjoying with the quotes, air quotes, right? Um, So let's jump in. Please, can you tell us a little bit about your role at Go Forward Youth and Go Forward Plus. Yeah, so uh, Go Forward Youth is a charity and I'm the CEO and founder of Go Forward Youth. I founded it to fill a gap for young people that were leaving the care system. And my role initially was to develop the concept. Now it's to execute the concept and uh, run the programs. And then Go Forward Plus is a training provision which is to reach disadvantaged communities as well um, and offering affordable um, training and work experience. So, yeah, those are the two things I'm doing predominantly at the moment uh, within those realms of Go Forward Youth and Go Forward Plus. I really commend what you do. It's really great. And you've just given a a high level, but I'm going to leave a link to the Go Forward website where people are going to be able to find out more about the wonderful things that go on there. Um, The reason that we're talking today is because there's um, more of a personal passion that I know that you have that I really would like you to be able to share with the listeners. Um, I've got a big focus on mental health in everything that I do. And I know that you have been doing a lot with art and um that it's a passion of yours so please tell us how long have you been an artist yeah so it's 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 so interesting because I would say along with everything else that I've done art has saved my life in a lot of ways it's the thing that I can spend so much time engrossed in without even questioning where the time's going um and I'd say that I've been painting with intention Um, mastering the art of painting and the craft for probably two years now about two years two and a half years wonderful that's so cool I I think um yeah I've been writing a new book and I I go into some detail about flow state which is exactly that where you don't even realize time is in existence where you're in your zone you're in your element it's it's like you're you're really where your energy is existing and that can help a lot when it comes to mental health because we're we're adapting our skills we're growing our skills and we're really in 
in where our passion resides. So that's that's really great to hear. Um, so more into your art, what what style of art do you do you use? What what do you prefer? Stylistically, it's in, well when I share my artwork with people, and I shared it last week because I've put forward an art exhibition, a community art exhibition. And I was speaking with a journalist from um, the Islington Tribune, and I showed her my work, and she said, "Oh, you've got quite a distinctive style." And I thought, "Really? Do I?" And I realised what she meant was the colour palettes, the strokes, the brush strokes, the content. So my themes are women. Yep. For some reason, I love to paint women and I love to use nature and the symbolic nature of available to us that we see in nature and reference it across women, the work right. of women, the, the beauty of women. Um, so in terms of, I think it's some people say it's abstract. I think it's abstract. Mm -hmm. I want it to be fine art <laughs> as well. But yeah, I think it's partly abstract. Great. Um, I like what you say about um, the focus on women as well. It's a, another passion area of mine. I was I was listening to another podcast this morning, just saying historically how women have not been recognised and been in put in a position where their value is determined by the man that they're with, and that's something mm -hmm. that's gone on for generations. Like how how good of a man can you get, and how much money does yeah. he make? For your survival um, and we're really still in in the grand scheme of things we're very much in the early days of recognizing our value in other ways and I, I think to show this in a, a creative way is, is really important so you also work with groups of women to help them see the value of artistic expression can you tell us a bit more about that yeah so what I'll tell you where it stemmed from and then I'll tell you what I'm currently doing so where it stemmed from is my own experience of building I guess my own internal workings of emotions and expressing it through art. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that that was what I was doing until every time I was feeling any pent up emotions that I didn't know how to quite articulate verbally, I would just express it in whatever way through the medium of art. And as being a local councillor, which I am, and I'm going to be stepping down in May 2022 this year, um, I've been in that role for four years and it's been a challenge, but what has been born out of that challenge is being a woman and being a woman in a world where it's predominantly male orientated and it's about, I guess, really finding my voice. I lost my voice. I lost my voice as a woman and I was made and elected um women and girls champion of london the first appointed and that title i never really felt worthy of it to be completely honest and i appreciate it and i'm so grateful that that's even anywhere associated with my name but i wanted to be able to leave a legacy and i wanted to be able to leave my pain of the experiences that i felt and turn i try and turn everything that's negative into something positive and i I'm doing this through an art exhibition. So I'm asking the community, which should be in an article tomorrow, to submit their own expressions of, I know there's kind of queries around the term femininity, but their expressions of femininity, what, what does, and it can be in any form, um, submit it and then that will raise money for causes that will go to women uh, across the borough and beyond in Islington. Um, 
yeah, that would be a legacy and hopefully people can continue to do that. So and young people too. So yeah, it's, that's what I'm doing. So when I'm working with women, I'm working with community groups that work with women to Wonderful. do this project. So, so, so many things that I want to pick up on that you've, you've spoken about. You mentioned how in moments where you're feeling like pent up energy, art has been a great release for you how can you elaborate on that a little or how have you seen the same effect in the women's groups that you work with what what kind of release do you feel how does it work yeah what I've realized through doing this is that art can is often very political in the sense that it is a way of expressing your views not through a mainstream medium Mm -hmm. and Sometimes in life, we live in a world where anything you say is, can be cancelable, um, if that's a word. And um, it means that sometimes we're suppressing things that are really important to us and that we're in a self-discovery stage of understanding things through our journeys. Mm. And I find that if you look at art through history, it is a sometimes a call to action or sometimes um, controversial, provocative. Um, and yeah, and in, in terms of my experience of that, I, when I've gone through things and I've watched women I love or my own personal experiences of womanhood play out in a way that has been disruptive or hurtful or painful mm. to me, mm. I have got a piece of paper, got a canvas and just journaled it through my artwork and what I've asked and what I've seen other women do art therapy is really something that's pushed and it should be pushed Mm -hmm. and I think um it's a good way to express your feelings without having to say them I journal as you know and um it's there's been times where I've just been like I've run out of words to say so instead I've just started sketching I really like sketching um things in nature a flower a tree and I too feel some sort of release it's hard to explain for me but it's some way letting something out or another thing I feel is like a freeing of myself like creative expression I think has especially beyond like primary school sometimes you get to follow it in secondary school but it's something that's not really promoted and um given a medium for us to express ourselves in this way and it 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 stopped for me at at secondary school wasn't able to you know draw again given an opportunity again I found it something that I had to seek out and kind of stumble into through my journaling but when I do it I go into such a nice meditative state Um, you've got to be fully present right you've got to be with your hand or whatever tool that you're using and you're creating something and that's such a nice state to be in where it kind of for me anyway relieves a lot of anxiety um, distance me from any worries or overthinking or anything in my head that might be going on um, so yeah like the the uh, two podcasters though we did a dance for mental health as well and I've just seen throughout this series of podcasts that any way we're able to create create move where there's freedom is always so beneficial to mental health in general I agree and I'm not surprised about the dance for mm. mental health I've seen it help many people that I've lo- I love as an expression mm-hmm. for them as well and 
and almost push back against the thing that's hurt you most. Mm. I always find that people use their life experience to scream or shout out about the thing that's triggered them or been detrimental to them in one way or another. And if people have gone through things, maybe physically, they will use their body to be able to express an emotion. Um, And I'm not surprised for your journaling that you will doodle or, you know, sketch because it is a using a different part of our brain, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes we rely solely on one part, but actually our kind of creative instinct is to be able to explore. Mm -hmm. And you're right that schools don't necessarily encourage the continuation of art in, in the kind of conventional way to do it in mainstream up until a certain point because their focus is on the academic side. Mm -hmm. But I would say to anybody that is listening to this that wants to just try their hand at any art, it can be in any form, Mm -hmm. do it. There should be there. The only thing holding you back is your doubt around what the outcome might look like. Am I going to be good? Am I not going to be good? And until you put pen to paper, you're never going to know. And I think the the way of improving and mastering a skill is to practice Mm -hmm. as well as, um, you know, sometimes I look at a canvas and I'm working on something it can look like a whole mess for at least three days. And it's just the determination and seeing something that doesn't yet exist. It can become the thing exactly what I wanted in my head, but I have to keep at it. Yeah, that's wonderful. So another thing that you spoke about, because you you dropped so many nuggets uh, when you were speaking earlier, was um, femininity. Um, And you were talking about, um, was it controversy around the word femininity? I noticed there's a theme with, everything that you've talked about around your art uh, womanhood and femininity can you elaborate a little more on on what you were talking about there I began to really notice that there were just kind of experiences that I wasn't clued up on I just didn't have any game on it I didn't know how to necessarily maneuver through the transition to being a woman yeah and it I made a lot of mistakes and I went through a lot of painful experiences to get to the point of um some clarity and some worthiness within myself and I Mm. think that the reason I believe that there's controversy from my view yeah is that maybe not everyone understands that within our beings there is masculinity and femininity Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about the expression of self in a way so when I look at the moon I used this as an example the other day I can see the feminine elements of it but I can also see the masculine elements of that and what that means to you is determined by your interpretation nobody Mm -hmm. else's Mm -hmm. you can change the word femininity and masculinity to mean whatever you want but I know to me I'm looking at nature and I'm seeing the different variations of it and I'm just putting a label against it essentially mm-hmm. rightfully or um but what I'm trying to convey is that we all no matter what no matter your if you're Man, woman, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We all have an expression of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I just promote people having that having that conversation and expressing it through their art. 
It's such an interesting discussion. And it it also makes me think about something you said early about becoming a woman. Um, There's not, well, for me anyway, there wasn't really any discussion about what my femininity and my growing aspects of being a female would mean to me moving forward. It was never really explored or discussed. It's that there's puberty, you get, you know, these things are going to happen to you. But it's so much more than that that does warrant some discussion, especially as you're discovering and exploring it. And I also like what you said about, you know, your perception of the masculine and feminine, because, you know, we, we literally all do have different aspects. And it's what you personally label as masculine could be different from what someone else will label as masculine. And you're right, looking at the moon, different aspects. I, I might see a curve and label that as feminine rightly or wrongly yeah that's just the narrative that is my own in some parts but I would also argue given to me by media by the images that I've seen by the movies that I've watched that we must associate certain elements with femininity whether or not that is my own perception of my own femininity is is something different and I I am so in adoration and respect of women. Um, Mm -hmm. I I, I rarely talk about this, but we're opening up here, right? It's it's just you and me and and, and the listeners. Uh, (laughs) Right, (laughs) and the internets. Um, But we're, we're able to give life. We're able to grow human beings. And I think that that has been so heavily downplayed, in my opinion, where our roles were like, when are we talking that women got the vote? Is it, what, 150, 200 years ago? No, it's about 105 years ago. Yeah. Probably not even 100. Yeah, just 100 plus a couple of years. Yeah. Insane, right? That's very, very recent for how long we've been on this planet. Yet I, as an individual who I'm able to, bring life into the world, whether I want to or not, I don't see females as having to give birth or, you know, reproduce that. I don't think that's our only role in in the world, but if that's your choice and your ability, you have that the ability to do that. And I think so much more value should be placed on that than has been given to it. And I would argue in some ways that perhaps do men feel threatened that they don't have that ability and have been downplaying this in us to, to make themselves look better we um we are bringing life into this world and whether we do that in a feminine way or a masculine way or whether we like it or not it's just such a wonderful thing um so yeah it's it's a it's a very big discussion and i i just feel like i i like that i have two two daughters and i i like that i'm able to raise them and have discussions with them they're six and nine and i it just came up in conversation i had to tell them that men get paid more than women still do right and they're like what like it just doesn't make sense um there's so much they're going to have to discover and I want to be able to present them with the right information as they make those um discoveries and I'd love for them the way that you have to be able to continue their creativity my six-year-old wants to be an artist and I really do promote that in her and for me that that's that can be your lifestyle that can be your way forward and such a, a nice way to live because you are expressing and you're doing something that you love and you can get in the zone so nicely with that. I feel that I'm rambling a little. I went on. No, and I just wanted to say that women were given the vote in 1928 via the Equal Franchise Act. Was it that recent? I thought it was the 1800s for some reason, like the the suffragette movement. I feel like, yeah, that's, that's so recent. 
so recent oh, well so... isn't it insane that like just a, a century or so later you're then a counsellor because um, the listeners may not know but you're a counsellor is, is it in Clerkenwell in London it is yeah, yeah. I am huge and uh, it's it's huge um and yeah it being a hundred years later hmm. I think the the significance for me is also that but also that my grandparents are from the Caribbean mm. and in the 50s and then the 70s so 50s for my grandfather and then 70s for my grandmother came to this country and I think if for them the, the value of that to for them to have had one of their extensions of their generation um be in that role is probably as key as being a woman 100 years later and that, and it's not any it's not any easier but I just wanted to go back on a point you made really yeah, briefly which is that both if able to give life women hold life mm-hmm. and I think that there's a there's a thing that I have noticed which is the conversation around womanhood mm. in any form in a lot of forms not in all forms and I'm separating this conversation just talking about um giving life you know having a baby in your womb and being able that's the section I'm talking about in this particular conversation but Mm -hmm. I think people assume that either when you say you've become a married person or a you've you've actually gone into labor and had a child that that dictates womanhood and I would argue strongly against that because I I I think that there is such beauty and such a expression of nature in that and it can't be undermined or underplayed at all you're right Mm -hmm. for sure but I would I would say that there are even minute other experiences that can evolve or bring forward your experience of womanhood mm-hmm. in other ways and those experiences can be through love or it can be through understanding how you're going to be treated in the workplace there's so many different areas that mm. can make you realize oh okay I've arrived mm-hmm. and I think that what it often happens it is it excludes a version of experience when it solely and you didn't do you're, I'm not saying you did but generally the conversation I hear so many people ask me or make um, assumptions about my my womb or my really? marital status and other oh god I wish they'd stop wow I'm about to yeah anyway um, but even beyond that my experience has been shaped not just by understanding my own experience of womanhood, but also understanding other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to say that because I do think that there is a kind of the the ones that have had children and the mm-hmm. ones that haven't, and there is sometimes a divide around those experiences. And mm-hmm. I don't think that that is the full interpretation of evolving yeah. into womanhood. Oh, I agree. And it shouldn't be whether or not you've had children or not is nothing to do with your womanhood at all. I was a woman well before I had children and, you know, it 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 didn't make any difference. What it did 
bring to mind that I had never been like so I'm I'm the child of a feminist right and I do think that the ability to give birth was left out of that discussion that that you you have that power want it or not want to use it like it don't like it that exists within us yeah um so I was the generation of um like a feminism where you, you and it was very helpful you can be anything you want to be yeah you can have any job that you want to and this was coming from my dad which I think gave it even more value um that him as a, a a man believed in me as a woman didn't care less that he didn't have a son his daughters are good enough right and we can be anything that we want to be but when it came to me becoming a mother I hadn't been told that it was a good thing whether you want it or not or that that my body had that ability so it was just foreign and alien to me and um difficult for me making that transition going from being so career focused um so it's an option it's there whether you want to take it or not it doesn't value and it's also none of anyone's business to be asking you or me I get it with kids are you going to have a boy you're going to have another one it's none of your business you don't know what I've been through where I'm coming from None of your business. It's very presumptuous. And you know what? It's funny. I laugh at myself at my own hypocrisy because when I was younger and more naive, I remember asking those same evasive questions. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you're not having, you're not going to have any children, or do you want? <laughs> you just got married. And I would make those, I would have those same conversations. And I was coming from a place of naivety and just being just, you know. I was being nosy, mm-hmm. really, but I just was taught that the natural state of affairs is you find someone or someone finds you and you you make a home and yeah. you have a family. And that's what I was taught. But what I've realized from my own experience, which is you were speaking about earlier, I no longer am in disillusion by what the narrative of society is, which is you kind of they, I hear it a lot now the pick me culture which okay. is waiting for a man to see worthiness in you a mm. boy a man hopefully it's they're a man by the time you get to meet them because there's no point messing with boys it's like it just makes no sense but hopefully by that time because I realized that the work and the effort and the love that I give to myself yeah that I want to be in a position where anyone that comes in my life is an addition and I'm able to be more choosy. Mm. I'm not just kicking the people that just come as the options available to me. So I think there is naivety in those questions and maybe it's, it isn't with ill intent. It's just Mm. a learning experience and you have to go through things to know the way to communicate with people. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. And it is something that you have to learn because I think it's like a societal norm. It's like, oh, how old are you not having kids? I I got it. I got to a certain age. In fact, one family member was like, oh, you're going to be barren. You know, oh, Oh, why can't you? And it's like, "Uh, thanks. (laughs) Talk about, talk talk about private home. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't pleasant. Or yeah, or or you'll, you'll get comments won't you but yeah it's 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 so much tied into what we thought of as the role of the woman and it's so historically embedded that we are just on like the tip of getting this out of our our system with my kids maybe their generation might 
distance themselves from some of this narrative. But still, my generation is their, their, their parents. Some people that are my age are still thinking this way. So, so the women's groups that you work with, is this the, the kind of thing that we're tackling in those groups that, that art is helping them to unpick? So my function, so these groups exist within organisations that are already running, that already have their own cause um, and purpose. My uh, role is to work directly with these groups. Um, so there's Women Aids, there's the Latin American Women's Aid, there's um, IMECE, which is the Women's Centre, and there's the Middle Eastern Women's Organisation and others, mm-hmm. um, who I will be working with to raise funds for their causes and then hopefully distributing funds raised through these donations of artwork to other causes so my role in it isn't I'm not taking any credit here Mm -hmm. my role is to use my experience my platform my love of art to be able to do a call for action to the community and have conversations like this where needed just to explain, actually, these are the reasons why I think it's beneficial. Mm. And hopefully there's a a young girl out there or guy or whoever (laughs) out there that can um, find some relatability in what I'm talking about and find some hope and yeah, follow their own passions and dreams. Mm, yeah but there's there's a lot to to express <laughs> when when you are existing on this planet as a as a woman and a, as we were saying earlier any creative outlet is always beneficial so yeah even for struggles for things that you're grappling with for you know very heavy political environment that we're living in at the moment um i i would highly recommend to anyone listening find your outlet embrace mm. it enjoy it find your tribe if you can other people that are doing it like um women's groups women's circles I've experienced those as well can be highly beneficial because we're not just individual individually but as a gender still on a journey um mm-hmm. a journey of unraveling a lot that has not been working in our advantage um yeah all this from art kadima good what can i say (laughs) let's let's move on a little um how have you seen your mental health or self-esteem or confidence improve with your art practice i would i would answer that by saying that one of the key things that have changed for me through being artistic Mm -hmm means that when I so previously when I felt low and down on myself I in that period shut myself away and in shutting myself away I was giving up and had lost hope Mm. and for whatever reason maybe instinctive I decided to paint and I painted a collage of step-by-steps experiences which of what I it ended up being my understanding of the universe quite a big thing to try and paint but I needed to understand I was curious to get it out and I, the reason I I say this is because now when I come home and I've got we've both just discussed today the influx of information ideas censorship 
and all these different things that are there's so much happening in our society politically and, and otherwise um and it means when I shut my door and I have a moment I can give myself the space to truly interpret the things that I have witnessed and understand and express it in a way that is important to me mm. and it means it relieves me of the pent-up anxiety and suppression of those feelings and what it done for me is pursuing this practice and actually getting to a point where I'm proud of the work that I create boosted my independence and self-esteem because I am no longer um I'm no longer trying to spend my time reaching to others that might not value me instead I use that time to give to myself in a constructive way by developing and mastering this skill and one thing I'll say to if there are if there is anyone you know that is being in a relationship in a relationship young doesn't matter what age you are make sure that you have your own interests and hobbies Mm. make sure you have your own area where you can walk away from any situation even an evening and not feel quote-unquote abandoned rejected or alone and actually you're able to invest in yourself to develop Mm. I can't tell you sometimes when I look at my paintings I'm so shocked that I actually think there's a spirit working through me because I'm like so shocked that some of the times that they've they've turned out exactly how I've wanted them in my head I think that's magic to me and when I began as I said, sometimes I'd look at it and go, this is not, there is nothing coming out of this. But I'd just be like, nope, until I see something that looks remotely like the idea that I want, want it to be, I'm going to keep trialing an, er- an error um, of this process. And it's developed my confidence. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, and I really wouldn't, I'm quite a private person. I really wouldn't be, I am a private person. I really wouldn't be speaking about this or promoting it or even sharing it with you, who is a friend of mine, if I didn't believe in it as much as I do. Um, yeah, even if it's not art, please find something that you love in this world mm-hmm. to put your efforts into for sure. We need it for sure, right? That that was really beautiful. Um, have you been exploring any new styles of art? Yeah, I, I I have. So I'm a bit of a geek. So what ended up happening is, and I didn't realise I was a geek until later life, but I ended up signing up for all these courses on um, uh, the National Art Gallery and looking at all the different types of art. Um one of the most beautiful things that I ever done Mm. was I went to Africa and I went to the continent of Africa, but I went to Tanzania Mm -hmm. um, as the country. And I went to, which is in East Africa and I went to Kenya. um, And I spent time with a group of local artists. I can't believe how blessed I was to have that experience. Mm. I was in my very early stages of, painting and they took me under their wing and they taught me the tools that they showed me the tools that they use they showed me the style of art that they you that they do the local art the abstract versions of their art 
I was blown away. I was so impressed that I've actually started a new business where I have a lot of my own artwork, but the artwork of my friends, they are my friends, they're checking on me regularly. So I'm going to call them my friends who actually send me their art as well. Um, and I am going to be opening a market store of some kind, whether online, which I'm working on, but also physical. So people can actually see the works of art, not just from here, but also abroad. That's wonderful. Yeah. How, how on earth did you find a group of artists? <laughs> like, where did you, where did you find out that they were? Or Well, my friend had got married in uh, Tanzania. Um, and she, at the time, it was just when I started painting and I was one of her bridesmaids and she knew, so she was like, oh, there's a community um, locally in Dar es Salaam, which is in Tanzania. Um, and she showed me the last day of me being there. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back, I, I said, whether she gives me the address or not again, I'm finding this place. And I went there and I'm quite brazen, so quite upfront. And I just asked them, would they be willing to mentor me for, for a few weeks? Um, and even over Zoom, they continue to mentor me here in the UK. So I send them all my art and I'm like, uh, am I on the right track? What should I be doing? And I call them Professor and Master Sele because wow. they are really- I was about to say that is one masterclass you're having right yeah really I like how you've made it into like a global thing it really seems to connect people and um that they're so willing to share with you it's really beautiful really nice can we see your art where where can we find yeah you can so I am um, developing at the moment the website. Mm-hmm. It will be called Ujama, which means in um, Swahili, which is the language spoken in Tanzania, it means community, it actually means um, I exist through you, which is quite a concept of, you know, the continent of Africa. We, we, we exist in a kind of communal sense. So it's called Ujama. They taught me about the Ujama culture when I was there. And then the artwork that is being um, exhibited, which I will, Ujama. So I'll get it. It's UJ, one second. Let me make sure. It's U-J-U-M-M-A. Ujama. Okay. So we'll link it in the show notes. Can we do that? Yeah, I've really, my spelling's so off, but... <laughs> And then I have an Instagram account that has just been created where I'll be posting the work there of the um, of the art that's being created. Yeah. Uh, which will include my own art. Amazing. So I will I'll send that over to you as well, just so Please. that I'm not misquoting anything. Very inspiring. Um, and you know, I love ideas. I can see your masterclasses like being valuable to people all over the world. So yeah, that'd be good, right? Um, any resources you would recommend for someone wanting to get started? Like if you're like, oh my gosh, this sounds like something really up my street, but I've not picked up a paintbrush since I was six years old. What can they do? Yeah, there's actually, I'm going to, prom- there's a really good YouTube channel that is really, and I found it a couple months ago. If you want to get started in painting, they have a really easy process of doing some kind of uh, street art in terms of um, scenery, landscape sort of work. I can give that to you as well. I would say that don't be put off by the tools your hands are tools too Mm -hmm. I use cotton buds I use foil 
I use paint brushes. I use nut. I use palette knives <laughs> and I, um, there's so many mediums. Please don't be put off by trying to use one. You're sometimes your fingers have more of a better grasp of the angles than even a paintbrush. Go into a paint store, look at ideas that are inspiring you. Start by maybe sketching other people or sketching an area of interest. Just begin the process. Mm-hmm. Um, any material is like stuff like the National Gallery. I'd go there for inspiration as well. Um, one of the places I love the most Van Gogh's work. So I went to the Van Gogh Museum. Um, that's in Amsterdam, though. But if you ever get the chance, go there. That will inspire you for sure. Mm. And um, do you dabble in any digital? Um... Yeah, so I'm just creating my NFTs, which mm-hmm. is fun. So I've just been given some help to turn my physical artwork into NFTs. Um, so that's one of the next big steps for me. It's quite a process in terms of making sure that it's understood because it's all about ownership. Whoever buys your NFT, you remain an owner. Yeah. Um, and it's just for me, that will be what I'm putting out next month. Incredible. NFTs. That's yeah. really cool. Well, thank you so much. I, I, you're literally so interesting and inspiring and, yeah, really, really enjoyable discussion, which I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy everything that you've mentioned. I'm going to bother you for the links and we'll add that to the description. And, yeah, the, especially your Instagram and website, I think, going to be of great interest to anyone listening. Thank you Brilliant. for your time today. Thank you incredible right anytime talking to Kadima is an absolute pleasure and I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did in the next few episodes I'm going to be delving a little more into journaling for mental health so if you haven't already there's a few things you can do you can subscribe and make sure you're getting notified when new episodes go up You could also leave a review if your platform allows it. Um, I know Spotify have just added ratings and reviews, so that would be really helpful. It just helps more people hear about this podcast and it's very much appreciated by me. Take care and see you on the next episode.